Hey, welcome to Between Sundays, a Worship Realities podcast. This channel is supported by Diamonds Worship and will open the curtain on the realities of worship ministry in the church. Subscribe on Spotify or your favorite audio player and join the conversation with some of the area's best in worship and church leadership. Artwork for today's episode has been provided by Heather Hall of Heather Hall Creatives, and the podcast music was crafted by local producer Nathan Tubbs. Credits for this channel can be found in the description. Now to our hosts, Heather Hughes and Taylor Wood. This is uh, a second episode. Yes, it we is. We made it past we one. We have made it past one. We did a trailer yes. and one episode, which is two more than people who don't have podcasts do. That's true. That's true. So <laughs> We're really making it happen. We're really celebrating ourselves. Yes, we are. Here. This is great. Uh, well, if you're joining us and this is your first thing that you've listened to, then you do not need to press pause and go listen to anything else. But after you get done listening to this one, you need to go back and listen to, to last episode with Absolutely. Christina. So good. Because that would have been good. Some rich um, content in that, for right. sure. Yeah. I hope your January is going good, too, if you're listening. If, uh, just in general. Hope you have a good January. Yes. We have a lot going on as a worship team in January. We do, we do like, um, this is kind of like vision time for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, re Looking at the whole year. So Absolutely. I don't know if everyone else is in that time, too. Yes. Um, but, hey, I want to throw a quick shout out. Thank you to Diamonds Worship for uh, supporting this channel. Um, be, make sure you're, you're catching all the new stuff that comes out on those. Um, and I, I want to call it, too. There's uh, some sweet merch. Yes, it's there. really cool. Yeah, yeah. We uh, last November we we almost sold out of it immediately. Whenever we we ordered it, it's which incredible. is really cool. Yeah, some beautiful artwork from on some of that stuff from the last EP, and uh, you know it's still winter, so maybe you need a beanie mm-hmm. or something like that. So yep. um, maybe grab that. I don't grab know. You have a, you have a green beanie for sure. I do. Yes, do I love it? it. It's really cool. I, yeah. Well, it, I haven't yet, but I plan to. Just oh, yeah. because this well, weird just, weather, it? like it's just been, I just oh, yeah, got yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just got it like last week. So, right. Okay. Yeah. But I plan to rock it. Oh, the I cold believe weather. Yeah. I, I believe that. You Absolutely. Will for sure. I have confidence in you. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, you can do that and support yes. Diamond's worship in that way. But yes. also uh, I want to say for you listening, um, maybe you are a writer, mm-hmm. uh, a songwriter. Maybe you have been interested in songwriting. Uh, either way, we have what these uh, what we call a community co-writing sessions. Yes. Um, usually, they're around the first of the month, so mm-hmm. there should be something coming up in February. You need to look at our uh, social media pages and, and check those out. But we have uh, community writing sessions, mm-hmm. and actually, uh, the vast majority of the songs that we've recorded have come out of these community writing sessions, which yeah. is really cool. But the session's not for that. The session is to lean into writing right. and to get better as writers. So if yes. you're a seasoned writer, it's fine. It's a fine place to be. If you're someone who's just interested in, in mm-hmm. writing better, it's a fine place to be. Yes. Um, and then uh, we've got some other stuff coming up like that too. So be looking for that. But yes. that's not why you're here. You're not here to listen to us talk about announcements. You're here to listen to an intriguing interview. Yes. So pumped. We've got our friend Neil Hubbard today that we're going to be talking to. The real deal, Neil. Can't wait to hear what he's going to bring to us. Yeah, yeah. He's he is such a cool guy. He's a very cool guy. I'm always jealous of him. Since he's not in the room, I'm going to yeah. talk like this. I'll fanboy just a bit. <laughs> um, I'm always jealous of him. He's got such a cool vibe. I always want to be as cool as Neil. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what it is. I think it's but I think it's his gospel music roots. Probably so. Yeah. I really do because he's just cool, yep. and he makes everything sound much better. 
absolutely. Like I can, if I just hear a piano playing, mm-hmm. I can tell if it's Neil that's no playing. Doubt. No doubt. He is so, he's got such a d- distinct way. It's just, it's amazing. It's yeah. incredible. Neil Hubbard is the worship pastor at Soko Church. Yes. Uh, he started last September uh, mm-hmm. at Soko. I think we're going to hear about that probably when he talks in a little bit. But um, I know that that church is the better for having him uh, absolutely. in that position. Yes. Uh, but also he's a, a keys player in uh, some local bands here in a studio session uh, musician, which yeah. is really cool. So cool. Um, get ready. Here we go. Here's our conversation yes. with... Can't wait to talk to Neil. Neil. It's going to be great. Neil Hubbard. What's up? Episode number two, man. Yes. Sorry. It, I wanted to be number one. Heather, though, was like, no. <laughs> that I have this is other not shit. true. Oh, that's not true at all. You're no. always number one to me. <laughs> always number one. Uh, but uh, I think, and I texted you this um, whenever we were uh, setting this up. Um, I have seen a really great picture of you. <laughs> I was thinking about that on the way over here. Yeah. You've stuff. seen you've seen the real Neil. That the was real the real Neil. Neil with hair and everything. Mm-hmm. Real deal Neil yeah. with hair. Uh, so that was really nice to get to get to, yeah. get to see that. But glimpse into my soul. Mm. Yes, I I would love to get more in your soul. <laughs> um, so I'll I'll start by just saying um, that uh, I'm excited to have you here because. Um, I so admire your musicianship and I followed you. I think I first got to know you as a musician, uh, in the area. Um, I've only been here for uh, about six years, but only up in North Bentonville. And I think only known you for a couple. Um, and, uh, so super admire your musicianship and I, I'm excited to get to talk about that and, um, uh, kind of it's musicianship's influence in the church, if you will. But, um, but also I'm really excited about, uh, your new step into, uh, being a worship pastor at Soco, yep. uh, which is really cool. I have some some friends over there, and uh, so it's nice to have another friend uh, right. over there. So if you don't mind, uh, start off, give a little bit about yourself, a little history um, of you, and then um, kind of what it's been like starting off at, at Soco. Yeah. Well, my name is Neil Hubbard. I'm 35 years old. I'm uh, from El Dorado, way oh, south Arkansas. No. Yeah. <laughs> way <laughs> south Arkansas. And um, I got started in music as a a little kid, um, my parents bought a piano Mm -hmm. and, um, I would sit down as a little kid and just start playing. And, and it's music has always been something that I loved. And I spent a lot of time growing up. Um, I had some big influences on my life that were keys players. And Mm -hmm. I would sit there with my Walkman. Oh yeah. There you go. I'm I'm showing my A's there. My Walkman and my Discman Mm -hmm. and, uh, listen to these songs over and over and try to pick out stuff. And, Mm -hmm. Um, gospel music really kind of influenced me a lot. Yeah. Um, I got some, some roots in like Pentecost AG. Right. Mm-hmm. So playing those old songs and hitting the right chords, the right yeah. chords. Is, right. is huge to me. <laughs> um, but I grew up, um, my buddy Monroe Hill, um, is a bass player around here, mm-hmm. kind of pushed me into music and put me up on the organ as a kid on yeah. Sunday nights uh-huh, and of uh, just kind of said, here you go. Uh, played drums a little bit growing up and um, just just been in church, you know, playing music in church my whole life and um, lived in Little Rock for a while, traveled as an evangelist and would go and lead worship and preach. And then I came up to Fayetteville in 2010 and worked at Trinity for almost 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, took a couple of years off and uh, recently became the worship pastor at Soco beginning of September. Beginning of September, so, mm-hmm. and now you were you were there at Soco for a little bit. Um, I was right. Started going there the beginning of 2020. 
Yeah. And so right what, as COVID, what was your interaction with the worship team at that time? Uh, when I started, I was just going. Um, yeah. I had just stepped down from a worship pastor position. And so my wife and I, we just attended. And yeah. I think we went almost 10 months and I hmm. didn't play, didn't sing, didn't do anything. Just just went to church yeah. for the first time in my life. Right. Uh, yeah. Wasn't scheduled to do something every Sunday. And right. that was very, very good for me. Um, so needed that in my life. But right. um, but then when I got involved, um, started playing and singing and... Yeah. Um, Unless I could rip you away on a Sunday for right. drums. <laughs> right, right. So Neil, I, was, I was waiting for those text messages from yes. you. Yeah. Come play drums. No, you got more than you wanted, I'm sure. Uh, so like, I, Neil, if you're listening, Neil's an extraordinary keys player. Uh, he's shaking his head no, but Heather and I are both singing yes. Yes. Um, and, but it's so, like, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it, it's just fr- so f- infuriating. That's not even a word. It's not infuriating. For infuriation. Infuriation. Uh, it feels fitting. Yeah. That you can, I, I call, uh, I text Neil, I call him whatever. I was like, hey, dude, I really need a drummer. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's like, oh, okay, cool. Because Kevin Keen was like, yeah. hey, you know, Neil plays drums, right? And I was like, no, I didn't know that. Of course this dude plays drums. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. I just need someone that can like stay in the pocket. You know, I just, I, I need someone I can trust to stay in the pocket. And I was like, okay. Yeah. He's like, no, no worries. And so Neil shows up and he's immediately like the best drummer that plays. Like, Grace, I'm like, screw you, dude. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, like, you can't be that good. Yeah. Drums like, is my heart though. Like drum, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love playing drums. Yeah. I just don't ever get to, but yeah. But thank you for that. Well, you know where you can that. play drums. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, ask, I'll ask Pastor Brad if it's okay. Yeah. Pastor Brad said, we just need you on Sundays. That's yeah. not an important day. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and I think Heather's probably needing a drummer too. So right. I mean, always, always, anytime. Yeah, always anytime. Drummers. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what about, uh, how's it been just over, uh, starting in September? Uh, what, what kind of stuff is, have you encountered, uh, in your new role? Well, the biggest challenge is we're a portable church. So we oh, set yeah. up and tear down I see every the trailer Sunday. out there every week, man. I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of Sundays still that we get there and I'm like, there's no way we're having church today. Like there's, <laughs> there's no way this stuff is getting set up yeah. and we uh-huh. get it set up and we're like, God, please let all this work, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, my my biggest thing though is like everything else could not work, but if that confidence monitoring on, yeah. I'm done. Over. Like it's I'm right. I'm done. Cancel service. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just kidding. Yeah, you, you sing amongst yourselves. Make up your own songs. Um, <laughs> That's where that started. <laughs> yeah, that's where that started. The, the worship pastor forgot the words. This is yeah. called spontaneous. Spontaneous. Hey, just say what you ever want. Whatever your heart. We're gonna write a new song to the Lord today. Um, oh, yeah, but yeah. So really, the the challenge. Uh, for me there has just been, you know, with that portable church and making sure everything is is as planned out as possible right. in the week so we don't show up and, you know, have some big curveball on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But, you know, I had the advantage of being there for a year, getting to know these people, um, right. getting to yeah. be around them. So I wasn't some new guy that didn't know anybody when I took this position. So that was really nice. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the biggest challenge is just setting up, tearing down right. every week and making sure that your people don't get burnt out. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. Having to be there at six o'clock in the morning right. and not leave until about two thirty. 
Right. Uh, to we, we need to swap uh, teams for a few weeks because <laughs> my team my team gets mad at me when we're here at seven. <laughs> right. And and uh, I'm like, well, I'm like, maybe we should swap. Get there at six. Right. Have uh-huh. to set everything up and then rehearse. Right. Yeah. Then they come and back to like, hey, we'll be here whatever fine. time you need us. Mm-hmm. Right. Like like seven's great. No, no. My I have a great team. Just in case any of these people oh, yeah, are listening, absolutely. I have a great team. They, and no one complains really about seven o'clock. I complain just as much as everybody else does right. probably about seven a.m. Uh, that but yeah, th- that portable setup thing is a is a tough thing. It is yeah. Um, definitely. Yeah, but you guys got a cool spot. I love the record. Nobody it is. Go. It's incredible. Yeah. Best acoustics you'll ever hear. I'm kidding. It's terrible. <laughs> it's <so> terrible. <laughs> but, <laughs> I've done audio in that a, room. It's uh, not good acoustics. Concrete room and yeah. Yeah. But man, it it really has been. It's been awesome, and it it was just. One of those things that it was a door that the Lord completely opened. Right. It wasn't something I showed up thinking, one day I'm going to be the worship pastor of this church. Right. We just went because uh, we needed a good church just to go to, mm-hmm. and yeah. they welcomed us. And um, so when when the Lord opened the door, I knew it was Him and right. knew it wasn't something that I did. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been a very natural step in right. this position. So. Right. So I know that you have... Uh, lots of experience, um, even outside of Sunday morning music. So mm-hmm. you, you're a studio uh, session musician. Um, you play live shows with uh, uh, the second hottest country band <laughs> in the area. <laughs> Church Street. Uh, Church Street. Shout out for Church Street. Yeah. Uh, the music on Spotify, all the stuff. But uh, Neil, you play with those guys and gals, which are really awesome. Um, and uh, so I kind of want to to jump into that for a second, let's talk musicianship, yeah. if you will. Um, I, I, obviously, I've already said this, I admire musicianship, but now you're in, I say but, I'm sorry, that's already, that's like psychologically setting the question up. <laughs> um, how do you, where's musicianship come into play for a worship pastor and worship leader? I mean, I, it, say, it seems like a softball question, but I, it also seems like something that Worship pastors tend to lose mm. over time. Right. Uh, so, one, are you worried about that as you start to get into more team management, which you know you've experienced before, like managing teams and stuff like that? Um, are you are you worried about that at all? And and what what role does musicianship play? Yeah, <clears throat> great question. Um, I think for me personally, because being a musician has been what I've done for the most part of my life. Yeah. Did that did that sentence I just said make any sense? <laughs> I don't know. I don't mm. even know if I said the Long right time words musician. There. But mm-hmm. but music is just it's my heart mm-hmm. and um it's something that I know I'm never going to get to a point where I'm like okay, now I'm done. Mm. You know, and right. so I think constantly growing um in your musicianship and I right. think for me as the leader, if I'm not growing in my musicianship, I can't expect my musicians who play with me to grow either. Right. And if I'm not holding myself to that, to that standard of, you know, constantly practicing, constantly Mm -hmm. listening to new ways I can improve what I do. Right. um, I don't ever want to grow stale. Right. In, in my musicianship where I just do the same thing all the time. Right. Um, I think there's a certain obligation just to be kind of point out the spiritual aspect of it. If we're going in our relationship with the Lord and there's new things, we need to we need to steward the gift that he's given us, mm. you know. And if and if we're just gonna say, well, I'll just practice on Sunday morning during run through, I don't think you're being a very good steward of the yeah. gift that God gave you. And I think that he will he'll bless the time that you spend and the effort that you give preparing and practicing and developing your craft. 
um, right. to, to be the best that you can be. Um, musicianship is very important to me as far as a worship pastor and my team. Uh-huh. One of the best feelings is when you have a team behind you that you don't have to worry about is about to make this thing a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Oh man! You know, mm-hmm. it, when you can just worship and know that your drummer's not going to fall off the click, or your bass player is not going to hit, you know, every other wrong note, mm-hmm. and you can you you're free then to just worship, and you're free then to lead these people in worship, not be thinking in your mind, okay, what am I going to do when this all falls apart? You know, and people can sense that. Oh, no doubt. And so I think when you have good musicians who are developing their craft and who are playing and yeah. who are growing. Um, I think it affects everybody on the team. Yeah, no, no doubt. Go ahead. Yeah, so I just kind of want to dig into that a little bit. Like, in so you've you've got these musicians that are like hitting the standard, but like, what is from the leader? Is there like a communicated expectation, like of your volunteers to be musicians? <gasps> like, is there a right. is there some kind of a stand? I mean, because I mean. Of course, like to better themselves, they've got their volunteers, right. most of them, right? Absolutely. Are we not? We're dealing with volunteers. Yeah. And so they've got lives outside 100%. of church. They got family, they got jobs, they got stuff that they're managing. So if we've got like this, um, this expectation, like w- go into like that expectation and how you would challenge yeah. them to better themselves as musicians with all those elements. I think you as a leader, you set the bar hmm. for the people around you. And I think for me, what I've always wanted to do is I wanted to set the bar really high for my musicians. Not because I'm showing off what I can do, sure. but you set the bar high, people will come up to that level. Mm-hmm. And when they know that yeah. they've got to play with somebody really good, mm. mm-hmm. they're going to start practicing. They're going to start doing sure. what they can to get better because they don't want to be the weakest link on the team. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I yeah. think... I, I, I would hope it would be a matter where you wouldn't have to be pulling people aside and be like, dude, you got to practice. You're terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, right. I have yeah. a, and I can just throw this in there. Just if you're listening as a worship pastor, I have one rule of thumb. You can't yell at people that you don't pay. And so you oh, can't, yeah. you can't get like super mad and like trash these people. And mm-hmm. you know, That's if right. you're not paying them. That's true. Um, yeah. You know, so you gotta so, be. But you can yell at them if you are paying them? Because I think there's great. a little more leeway there <laughs> if, you, if you're paying them. Yeah. But I just, yeah. I think, you know, as the leader, if they know that you're spending time developing your craft yeah. and you are showing up on Sundays and you are ready to go, I mean, you, you know, your parts, um, and even outside of that, I think some of the, the greatest ways you can grow as a team is just to get together on off nights and play and just jam, just, yeah, you know, fun. not even just, Hey, we're going to rehearse the songs. Just get, just get in there and play, mm-hmm. get in there and play, yeah, yeah. get to know each other musically. Yeah. But I think when your team sees you and hears you and you're setting the bar really high, mm-hmm. they're going to want to meet that, that expectation that you have. Right. Yeah, that's um, and, and you have those avenues, you have some of those, those outside venues even from the church that you get to you get to push yourself in so you know playing for an outside band would you suggest to um a church musician uh, even that's a volunteer um would you suggest to them to to tap into to to some outside music you know find a band to play with or find some people to jam with or uh go play a venue or you know be more of a musician or like how would you suggest they be more of a musician themselves. Yeah, I think that if you had the opportunity to go in a studio setting or mm-hmm. you know where you're just playing even if you're not in a venue in front of people, if yeah. you were just 
meeting with other musicians and playing. Mm-hmm. I think anytime that you're playing and you're playing with new people, you're learning mm-hmm. and you're you're developing. You're hearing what somebody else is doing. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously you got to be really careful if if you're spending all your time playing here and there. Like you, yeah. you want to make sure that you're spending time like practicing what you're going to be doing on Sunday. You know, right. if you're playing with all these people and you got a hundred different songs to learn, yeah. you know, you got to be careful there. But, sure. you know, I think anytime that you get to, to spend with other musicians outside of who you normally play mm-hmm. with, you're going to be challenged. You're going to be pushed to get better. Um, yeah. And I, I would, I would say if it doesn't take up time, you know, in your life and it's removing you from doing important things and yeah, right. go for it. So I have been questioned uh, at different times from a few, I say multiple, that makes it sound like a lot, but just a few different people um, that uh, my involvement in an outside band, especially not playing church venues, <laughs> we'll yep. say it that way, you know, yep. you're, you're playing this, when you get out in the community, it's not the perfect, you know, little four walls of the church, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point, I think. But, yeah. um, you know, I've been I've been asked before and questioned before on um, how could a worship pastor go play at this venue, and how how can a worship pastor play these songs or something like that? And I've been I've been questioned on that before, and I I have great answer. I, I well, yeah, I think I have a great answer. Yes. But, uh, I have an answer for that, but yeah. then in in lead, you know we are a leading group people. Then how would you communicate that to uh, the other church musicians? Where you say, "Hey, look, this is okay because blank or whatever," you know, like so. Have you one? Have you ever been questioned on something like that? Definitely, I definitely have. Um, you know, you you're going into these places and playing this kind of music, and you know, I growing up was, you know, in Assemblies of God, I mean, we, mm-hmm. we weren't spending a whole lot of time in those places, <laughs> um, you know, and to me though, I, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty, uh, I don't even know the word I'm trying to say here, but I think you, the, the biggest gain that you could get from doing that is you're getting around people who are not church people. Right. Um, and I've had a, I've actually had people come to church because I met them out in one of those venues and mm-hmm. playing and like man you're really good where what do you do I I lead worship down here you ought to come you know mm-hmm. right um, I've met really good musicians who ended up being a part of our team hmm. out at places like that right um, I think it's a matter of where your heart is to be honest you yeah. know like where you are spiritually and you know if you can if you're around these places and now I do think that if it it could it could affect you negatively um, if that's where you're spending the majority of your time, um, and I think you know it. I don't know. There's a there's a church answer, and then there's like a well, I just want to go play music answer. Right. You know what I mean? No, oh, no doubt. Um, and so it's a to me it's a I don't know if you can answer that one way or the other. Right, um, right. Because you can't answer for someone's heart, right? And, absolutely, and, and absolutely. you can't do that. And and we've I've talked with some people about that and addressing that. Of um, first of all, you don't actually don't look at a, a scenario from the outside and assume right. what's going on. There are some general rules of thumb of like you know if you're going out and you're involving yourself in a particular lifestyle consistently that's inconsistent with the lifestyle of a believer, then you can probably find some issues there. Absolutely. But just because a song isn't a worship song does not necessarily mean that is 
satanic or something. <laughs> right. Well, if you're, like, if we if go you're to gonna, the extremes on this. If you're going to pick that apart and say, well, you shouldn't be listening to the secular music, well, then you shouldn't be watching TV. Right. You know, it's like, where right. do you draw yes. the lines? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, CBN, dude. Christian Brothers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's all I watch. That's yeah. all I watch CBN. Is <laughs> Daystar. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I appreciate that. So um, I'll ask it, and I'm going to ask it in just a, a really straightforward way. Is church music lame? Mm. <laughs> and I'm asking the the resident expert yeah. musician oh, here. Like gosh. this is a, we we need your we need your expert style opinion on this. Are you referring to worship music or like church music on the radio? Because I do think there There's is a, yeah. a distinction there mm. too. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you brought. Thank you, Heather, for bringing that up. Yeah. We need both answers, Neil. Okay. <laughs> if you give us both answers, that'd be great. <laughs> you know, I think. Going this and this kind of ties into what we talked about previously about musicianship. Mm. Yeah, I think sometimes it can be lame, and it's because people aren't developing their craft. Yeah, and so they can only play the songs that are one five six four mm-hmm. because that's what they know. Right. Um, now you get some more flavor in there, you know, and you can take a lame song and throw some really good chords in there mm-hmm. and give it some life, um, which is what right. I love to do. Right. Um, and I think that that all ties in together. It's like, you know, you're you're going to take a song if it's a previously written song. You can take that and, and make that if you have the ear, if you've got the musicianship, you can take that and give it some life. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, don't don't be so stuck with, oh, we got to play it just like the record. Right. You know, if you're if you're good and you can hear and right. you can make you know do little things here and there change it up make it make it your style make it who right. you are make it who your church is i think that would help a lot um but i think you know some some people you know would would listen to the, some of the stuff that we're doing today in church and be like that's the same thing you're playing right. the same chords you're playing the same things the same melodies the same you know so i think there is some monotony to mm-hmm. some of the stuff that we do um, which is why I think when you start developing your craft, you start learning mm-hmm. new chords, learning new inversion, learning all this stuff. Right. I think that's going to bleed over into how you play those songs. No doubt. And, um, and there's no way to do that without getting around those same musicians you're talking about, getting out there and getting, getting experience yes. uh, to that. And honestly, probably putting yourself in a position that you're not prepared for. Right. Uh, right. Musically. Right. Where it's like, I remember our first uh, show, the, the little band that we play with, uh, we learned 33 songs <laughs> for the first show. We we learned 33 songs. You're not prepared to no. play 33 songs. No, you're not. It never, I don't care how good you are. Nope. If you've, if you're not used to doing that, you're not prepared to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we almost didn't make it through the sets, <laughs> but but just that little bit of Where's involvement. Where's your confidence monitor? Where's that? Yeah, it, it's on. Uh, uh, look, I put an iPad in front of me, dude. I'm not even ashamed. Yeah, I'm not I ashamed one bit, dude. I, Absolutely. I, I'm not trying to be a professional song cover. I can tell you that. <laughs> but um, okay, you said something interesting about style, and Heather, you and I were talking about this earlier. Kind of um, this, you said you can make it your own church's style, like mm-hmm. make it make it specific to you. Right. Mm-hmm. I do believe in that for sure. And then you and I earlier were kind of talking about this interview and just saying that um, it'd be interesting to know uh, what what should church expectations be, worship team expectations be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, should we be focused on um, maybe writing songs right. and doing some new music that is our style, uh, expressing 
our own church's new music, uh, being the next Elevation, uh, being the next uh, Bethel Church. Mm -hmm. um, I'm putting a little bit of... Uh, uh, attitude in that, not to shape the question, because maybe the answer is, yeah, every church should be trying to do that. Every every worship ministry should be trying to do that. Um, or is it okay just to cover people's songs but do it well? Hmm. So you and I were talking about that either. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely think that if you're tapped in to what your church is doing as the worship pastor, um, I think that you there is a desire in you to capture mm -hmm. what your church says, you know, what their worship is, what, you know, what does your church have to say to the Lord? You know, mm -hmm. and right. I think you could capture that. Um, now I think the only drawback to that is, is, you know, as in a corporate worship setting, your job as a worship pastor is to lead people in worship. And I think, one drawback, you know, if, if we're just going to do all of our songs that we write every week, right. how are these people learning these songs outside of hearing them on Sundays? And if you have people, what are the average attendance now is like maybe twice a month, maybe. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yes, probably so. So how are they hearing these songs to learn right. them mm -hmm. right. to be able to sing on Sunday? Right. So I think there is a value in throwing in older songs that you know everybody knows. Mm -hmm. And that's not a, you know, you're not like cheapening, you know, being led of the spirit or whatever. I think it's your job as a worship pastor. You got to think through this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like if you do four new songs on Sunday, the only people that know them are the worship team. Right. Everybody's going to be staring at you, looking at you <laughs> like a calf at a new gate. Yes. And right. you, so I think, you know, there is value to singing those new songs. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's your people. That's that's right. the people that you're doing ministry with are writing these songs, and it's coming from your people's heart. And so there is definitely an anointing there, and there is definitely a value to doing those songs. And I, I think, um, though, if you're going to cover somebody's song, yeah, you probably need to do it right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? No doubt. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of um, security in... Had, covering a song where uh, another artist has written yes. something. There's, uh, you know, tutorials developed for it. Absolutely. Um, there's chord charts already available. Yeah. Um, and I think where maybe we found, uh, um, I say found, or are pursuing a healthy mix of that is um, whatever you can do, do it. Absolutely. And if you can't, then go go to multi track. I was about to say, if you can't get tracks, <laughs> get tracks. Yes. Hey, and, they're a and, great tool. It's oh a great goodness, tool, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful, yeah. It should not ever be using multi tracks or tracks in general. Should not ever be what we rely on right. for a long term goal. Right? Mm -hmm. That's not a rely. But man, you're missing out if you don't use the tools to your absolutely to your that are at your fingertips. Right. You know, and that goes back. It, I think a lot of this that we're talking about goes back to the original question about musicianship and growing. A lot of people that I talk to, I tell them that same thing. Like, hey, I know you don't have a bass player every Sunday. Use multi tracks. Mm -hmm. Have the bass player that's playing on the track right. play with you. And they're like, well, we don't right. play with click. Well, there you go. There you go. Get better as a musician. And play with a click. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think playing with a click is is going to make or break. If you're wanting a song to sound like it should and you're 10 BPMs too fast, it's a different song. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So work on your musicianship. 
teach your people how to play with click right. and incorporate this stuff in there to help you, to give you the best sound, to give you a full sound. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You're right. just using the tools at your disposal to give these people the best worship experience possible. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. So I kind of want to shift gears just a little bit Absolutely. here. But so we're we're definitely in a time where like every church and worship ministry kind of feels this pressure to be online, right? To like have this online presence and like streaming great music from Sunday morning, you know, is kind of like that expectation. And so how right. do you think that this has shifted the culture someday. of our church? Like just overall. Yeah. Well, first of all, <laughs> I think that online service is great. I mean, especially in the world that we're living in, um, people, there's still people who are afraid to come to a corporate setting and mm. be in church and be around people. So I think having an online presence is huge. Um, I have yet to hear, this is not a slam against anybody, online music is hard no and doubt. it's terrible. Yes. No like, doubt. It, I don't care who you are. Right. Um, it's bad. And yes. you, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't have the right people editing and mixing this stuff, like mm-hmm. it's going to come out and you're going to be right. like, why would anybody want to post that? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm saying that about myself. Right. Like I've gone back and listened to stuff and I'm like, they're going to fire me immediately. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> this is terrible. Um, you know, yeah. and I, and I, so I think that I think one of the, the best things that you can do if you have the resources to do it is to, um, to go and, and post edit mm-hmm. these things, make it what you want it to be. And if it's not, don't put it out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like don't right. cut it down to the sermon, mm-hmm. whatever you got to do. Right. I mean, if it's not quality and it's, right. and people are going to watch this and be like, this is terrible. Maybe don't post it. Maybe don't post it. Yeah. yeah. But, I think there's a place too for, uh, and, uh, first of all, Louis said, just cut to the sermon. Mm-hmm. Like this right. is the, let people hear the sermon. Let, let people hear the word. Um, and then we'll just figure out the word, the music piece later. And like, or um, like take that. Don't feel the pressure to turn it right around for Sunday. Take a clip and put it on your church page. Yeah, and, absolutely. And let your church enjoy it. It yes. doesn't have to be for the whole wide world. Right. You're not going to get famous off that one clip, anyways. So and maybe in a negative way. Maybe <laughs> infamous. I, and I you say that because infamous. there was a few weeks ago that in in our worship service. So we have. Um, it's like a little vocal uh, thing that helps, you know, pitch and stuff like that, right. not come through and be terrible. Oh, no, yeah. Well, if it's in the wrong key, <laughs> if that's oh, in no. the wrong key, then you're just up a creek. Uh, and, up, yeah, that's right. And yeah. I had a buddy of mine uh, text me. He's like, hey, man, your sound guy owes you some money or something because that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. so that, but that stuff happens and, sure. you know, you laugh it off. And, um, but yeah, it, online services, especially your your music mm-hmm. can be very difficult to right. to make it be what you want and be excellent. Right. Okay. Let's let's hinge on that last word, okay. be excellent. Okay. Um that is I think most worship pastors at least desires whether or not they have the tools to try and work that is another question. Mm-hmm. But I think most worship pastors, worship leaders would sit in a room and they would say, yeah, we'd love to be excellent. And I think most worship pastors and leaders would love to say, uh, no, we're not pursuing perfection, but we want to be excellent. Right. And that's a whole other topic, by the way, of like, if they really mean that, you right. know, yes. but I think let's talk about that excellence piece. And I want to draw some, some, um, some topics here that may kind of combat themselves. Like we want to be excellent. 
we want to push our volunteers to be um, good musicians. We want to make good choices with our music online. Um, but at the same time, we want to be a church, a group of people who are disciples of Jesus, mm-hmm. not a band. Hmm. Or do we want to be a band? That's a disciple. So the the question and the conversation that I want to move into is, where's our focus at? How do you have a focus on good music while not losing what us three would agree may be the most important part of belonging to a church ministry? Yeah, yeah that's good. Which is the pursuit of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think I would answer that by saying that's that's your difference of having a worship leader and mm-hmm. a worship pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your difference of having somebody who is over that group, who is making sure that these people are getting poured into, mm-hmm. not just you as a leader saying, well, what, what can you give me? You know, right. can you be here every Sunday and play mm-hmm. the drums and play the guitar and mm-hmm. sing Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, but you never take the time to invest in that individual, you're, you're going to lose that person. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I think that's your difference in just, um, some of these churches and, and it's not a negative thing. I'm not knocking it by any means. But just have, you know, that hire somebody to come in on Sunday, they sing, you know, they, they put the schedule out, they kind of take that over, you know, and they're a worship leader versus these churches who have somebody that's there, right. that's loving these people, that's texting these people when they're going through stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I remember several years ago, I was at a Gateway conference and Zach Neese, mm-hmm. um, who's written an incredible book, um, How to to Worship worship a King. King. Oh, my goodness. Great book. If you don't have that, get it and read it. But he talked about having that mindset of being a worship pastor and truly caring about these people on an individual level, not just what they can provide for you. And he said, stop and think about this. On on Saturday night, when your drummer texts you at 1030, saying, hey, man, I'm not going to be able to be there tomorrow. I'm sick. Or I've got this going on. He said, what's your immediate reaction? Are you like, dang it, I hate that guy. (laughs) Or are you like, man, what's going on? You know, what can I, how can I pray Mm -hmm. for you? You know, he said that right there will kind of determine where your heart is on that. Right. And, you know, I I know who doesn't get stressed out when you get that. There's sometimes I'm afraid to look at my phone Mm -hmm. late at night because I'm like, I don't even, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight because eight people on my worship team, you know, have diarrhea and they're not coming. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry I said diarrhea on the if, podcast. If you do, but, don't come. Yes. That's definitely something you don't want to... No, that's not something you want to deal with on Sunday. <laughs> but I think that right there, you know, is yeah, your heart so as good. the leader is that's like, right. you want to invest in these people as 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 a spiritual mm-hmm. thing, because if they're not growing spiritually, they're not going to be healthy anyway, yeah. you know? Right. And so you want them to be a healthy member of your team and that takes an investment on your part. That's right. Um, yeah. As their leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to say, too, um, because I, I want to have a well rounded conversation and, and as, uh, aspect. That's not perspective, I think is a better mm-hmm. word there, of that. Because that's a very fair question to ask a worship pastor. Like, what's your first response whenever mm-hmm. you get that text? 
um, I've had that responses where I get that text. And I'm like, oh crap, what are they doing? Like, right. I know, mm-hmm. they're, right. they're, well, they telling me they can't be there. And then it was just like, hey, what time do I need to be there in the morning? Right. And then I'm like, did you not look at planning center? <laughs> anyway, so, right. so basically, out I'm just saying I'm mad all the time then. <laughs> right. I don't know. No, um, but because that's a very fair question to a worship pastor and a very convicting one that should be dealt with. Yes. Is um, the reverse true where if you're talking to a team of people, let's say you were a guest speaker at a church where you could really just talk freely and it wouldn't be where, um, you know, they're like, well, you're the worship pastor here. So of course you would say that, you know, um, you're, you're talking to a team of people. Um, if you're, you're interact, the only interaction you ever have with your worship pastor is, Hey, I'm not going to be there. Then what would you expect what kind of response would you expect as a team member mm-hmm. from your leader if the only interaction you ever have with that individual is, hey, I'm not going to be there? Right. Or why aren't the charts right? Mm-hmm. Or I forgot my login. Or what right. time do I need to be there in the morning when it's clearly on planning center? Same you know, time we're here same every time week. Every single week, yeah. right? So wh- where where's the fairness in that? Is that should I not even – should I, we not even think about that? Mm-hmm. Or um, – What's up with that? Like, there's got to be some right. uh, give and take there, right? I would say with with that individual, I have a real issue with people who you only see when they're on the stage. Right. I have an issue mm. with that. I have an issue with people who you don't ever see at church mm-hmm. unless they're scheduled. Right. And to me, I would rather have somebody who doesn't know how to play but are faithful yes, and who are there early and they show up on time right. versus having somebody that's really good that you yeah. may be able to count on them. Right. Yeah. You know, I would rather have somebody that's at church that even when they're not scheduled, they're sitting on the front row, right. they're mm-hmm. worshiping. I would yes. rather have that person mm-hmm. than anybody else. Right. And so I would say if, if you're having that issue with somebody might be the best person on your team, sit them down mm. right, for a while. And right. invest in them. I'm not saying like kick them to the curb and say, well, you sure. don't ever come here again. Right. Take some time and invest in that individual to where that you have the kind of relationship with them where they know that you're depending on them right. mm-hmm. to be there and that you're depending on them to for people to see them interacting in church service other than just when they're playing the guitar or when they're singing or playing the drums. Um, have these people be a part of your church. Um and right. if, if somebody's invested into something, they're going to be there and they're going to do what's required of them. But if they're just, you know, if they feel like you don't care and if they feel like you as their leader just want them for what they can do for you, then that's probably what you're going to get nine times out of 10 is just right. saying, yeah, I'm not coming tomorrow. Right. Or, you know, no, that no kind doubt. Of stuff. No doubt. Heather, Heather you lead. Um, and you, you have experience in the same thing. Uh, then, it, well, we won't speak specifically about Trinity, um, but let's again pretend like you're guest speaking somewhere else, so that it's not yeah. directly to your. Yeah. Um, like, what, what what do you think? Like, what would be your guidance to uh, team members? So not leaders necessarily, mm-hmm. but team members on how to better interact with your worship pastor. Well, I mean, I think it would be it would be nice from from them to right to approach us and, and desire, you know, kind of that, that closeness with us. But we all know that's not always going to be what happens, you know? And so sometimes I do think even on those ones that are harder to, to connect with just extra intentionality on our side, you know, like I think a lot of times we might, um, 
find ourselves in that trap of like taking taking offense or taking taking a, a reaction personally as if we've done something wrong right. when really there's probably something going on right. outside Definitely. of of this ministry world right here, you know, that's causing them to act the way that they are. Um, and so just choosing not to respond from a from a place of like why right. they gonna be like that, you know? Right. Because right. there's probably something deeper. Now, some people are just unpleasant, <laughs> right. for lack of better terms. They're dang talented, but right. their heart sucks. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, like, yeah, can no. we just be real? Yeah, like, and so, yeah. like, I want to. Worship I pastors carry... and musicians. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and, for sure. And sound guys. And sound guys. For, for sure. Yeah, sound but, people. But like yeah. to harp on on valuing heart over ability. Yeah. You know, like yes. But I mean, if we're gonna be real, like the reality, the conversations yeah. that like that that are there that exist that right. are real. Yeah. You know, like it truly is so wonderful to work with team members and, and cultivate like that environment of like, we value your heart. Yes, we value right. the relationship. Yes, there is a standard of excellence. Most definitely. Right. I mean, you can put somebody that loves Jesus behind a microphone all day, but if they can't sing, then you're going to create a distraction. Right. right. And so like, you can't do that. There is that, that line yeah. where, okay, yeah, there has to be some ability, right? right. I mean, it can't Absolutely. just be heart and it can't just be all ability. Right. Like right. you have right. to, and so like as a leader, as a worship pastor, like pastor would be the appropriate term, like cultivating that, that culture within your team. Like, I want to know how you do that. Like how, and I know that it's still fairly in a fairly new role in the place that right. you're at, but like, what are you doing? Or maybe it's just a thought process of like, like creating these leaders and building up these leaders that, you know, to, to recognize that heart Heart is so important, and if that's out, then everything else is out right. too. You know, how do you? I think just spending time with them. Yeah. Like outside of a rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, like there's there's one particular guy I'm thinking about. He's one of my favorite people just to be around, and he's got a call of God on his life. He's extremely talented, and I just like spending time with him. Yeah. I like just mm-hmm. what's going on together. in your life. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like my right hand guy. Mm-hmm. I put my left hand up, but I'm, he's my right hand guy. Um, but you know, yeah. and, and I think for people like that, I think as, as the leader, you, I, for me in particular, I'm always drawn to those people who I know have a calling on their life yeah. and who I know yeah. want to do this. And I want to invest in those people. I want right. to spend my time pouring into those people. Yeah, that's so um, good. Versus the person who I know is just showing up and doing right. whatever, right. even though I know as a leader, like I've got to spend time with them too. Right. But yeah. I think, you know, obviously, you know, the people on your team that are hurting and that mm-hmm. need that more than mm-hmm. others. Right. But right. I think, I think as a whole, it's, it's you taking the time and being intentional mm-hmm. about spending time with these people and knowing yeah. what's going on in their life and, and them getting to see you. Mm-hmm. Not just as up there leading a worship rehearsal or leading worship. Right. Yeah. They get to see you sitting down at lunch, cracking mm-hmm. jokes, seeing who you are as a person outside of just who you are when awesome. you're up in front of everybody else. Like right. who, you know, and I think that goes a long way. Absolutely. I think that bleeds over in in your worship team as a whole. 
You know, like right. when you're on stage and you're spending time with these people outside of just music stuff and outside of this, where you're you enjoy being around each other mm-hmm. and you're creating this team where you truly just enjoy spending time together. Yes. Right. And that shows in your music, that shows in your relationships. Absolutely. It it just shows all over the place versus and I know Heather, you know exactly what I'm talking about, versus these churches where every Sunday morning is a fight. Yes. Mm. Like everybody on the stage is wanting to fight each other and tell each other you're playing this wrong. You're stupid. You can't sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you it have happens. this. Yeah. It does happen. I've, I've mm-hmm. seen fist fights almost. Yes. Take place I've seen like on Sunday morning. Of it's like, equipment thrown across yes, the stage. We're about oh to lead gosh. worship and you're, yeah. you're over here you're, yeah. MMA in this guy. Trying to get your mind right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just what's happening. Yeah, man. And so, Real you talk. know, yeah. it, for real. But, you know, I think it all comes down to you as a leader being intentional spending time with these people and investing Mm -hmm. in them. Cause if they feel valued, Mm -hmm. they're going to go above and beyond what you're asking them to do because you, because they know that you value them. They value the time that they're putting into this. Yeah. And I think that's the key. It's honoring to them too, you know, and then anything you need, they're going to, yes, you know, it's a reciprocation, you know, like, you know, that you've made headway with somebody when they're, when they're asking you stuff other than, just worship stuff. Yes. Right. Hey man, I, I got this coming up. Will you pray with me about Absolutely. this? Hey, mm, that's hey, I got this there, coming dude. up. Yes. Do you want to come? Do you want to come to this? Like yeah. when they're inviting you to come yeah. do mm-hmm. life with them, I think that's how you know that mm. you've really connected with somebody. Yep. Yeah. Versus, like you said, getting the messages. Hey man, uh, can't either. can't make it. Yeah, or yeah. hey, this right. chord chart's wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there yeah. there still mm-hmm. will be some of that, but sure. you're yeah. doing life with these people, and yeah. I think that's the that's the the key. That needs to happen. Yeah, no doubt. That that's definitely something to remember as um, a, a worship ministry leader, whether you're the worship pastor or the worship leader or someone who's trying to be highly involved in your worship ministry, is that the core charts are going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. All the, they're never going to be 100 percent right. In in 15 years, someone's going to be complaining about that same thing. <laughs> um, the the songs aren't going to get picked quick enough at some point <laughs> in in history of things. That's just going to happen, even though someone may be paid to make sure that happens. Mm. Those things are always going to be persistent little issues. But something that does not have to be a persistent issue is the like real biblical community mm-hmm. that you can experience with the people um, are on your worship team. And speaking directly to a leader, if it's your job to make those decisions and build that culture, let me say... There are people, whether it looks like it right now or not, there are people on your team who can be culture builders. It may be the third string um, uh, oboe player. I don't know, you know, but I don't, I don't know if you have oboes in your church, but uh, we actually have a really good oboe player. That's at cool. our, um, he's, there you go. Uh, yeah, it's, um, anyways. Um, but, he, uh, you know, I, I'm saying it may, your culture builder may not be your top musician. Mm. Um, That's a good If, thought. like, yeah. if, if you, Luck out or super blessed in some way. Maybe it's both. I don't know. Right. But your culture builder may not be your top musician, but you need that culture builder. Mm-hmm. You need that person who's interested in being involved in other people's lives other than Sunday morning. Yeah. Yes. And that person's worth investment. Absolutely. So, yeah. Hey, uh, we have this fun question that we do, and uh, we got a really great answer last time when we do this. Uh, if you had a podcast, oh yes, what would your podcast be about? Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. I I feel like you can't ask somebody that with ADD because <laughs> I, I feel like my podcast would be like something different every week. Every week, even yeah. if I had like a topic, I'm definitely going off topic. Oh, it's all yeah. It's, I would probably call it chasing rabbits. 
Oh, oh that's yeah, so yeah, great. Jason, that that actually might be a okay. good highway. Okay. It would All be right. like the Seinfeld of podcasts. It yeah, yeah. would be about not nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, are you, and Kyle are, Hughes. Everything Heather's about Heather's husband would definitely have to be on that yes. with me. Yes, <laughs> yes. yep. That's are you awesome. are you watching through Seinfeld right now? By Absolutely, the way? Oh, yeah, this no. will be Always. like my third or fourth time. Yeah, through. Me too. love it. Me too. Mm. Um, hey, well, I have an idea for you on a podcast. Kind of going off of what um, Christina, uh, our last episode, uh, talked about. Her her idea was um, how to. Well, I don't want to put it because I, I reshaped it a bit, <laughs> but how to have road rage as a Christian. <laughs> no. uh, I don't think that's exactly what she was thinking, but I thought that that would be. Um, I would listen to that. Podcast. Yes, me too. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you said something <laughs> earlier. Uh, I, I can't remember. You said something earlier about um, maybe it's like how how to scream at uh, people you don't pay at, at people you don't pay uh, and still be a good Christian leader right. or something like that. Ooh, like that how do like how, yeah. how do you scream at people in a Christian way? Scream but, at people without telling me you're screaming at people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, dude, thank you so much. Yes, yeah, this absolutely. is great. It's been a great time. Absolutely. I look forward to more. So can I just, can I close out with one thing I think is, I thought you're going to close in prayer. Are you going to pray? Are you <laughs> no, taking an I mean, offering? I will. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you send your tithe and offering. <laughs> um, no, I would, I would say honestly, like past musicianship and, and all that stuff like that. I think the greatest thing that our churches need are people who are anointed Yes. To mm. lead people into worship. That's hmm. right. Where it's more than you just wanting to get up and sound good and sing a couple of songs. Yeah. Like if you if you don't feel the weight of responsibility of leading people into the throne room of God, hmm. you you need to step back and make sure this is what you need to be doing. That's right. Um, there is a certain weight of responsibility that rests upon your shoulders. I mean, you're you're you are leading worship for people who are bringing just junk. Mm -hmm. They're bringing some of the worst things that they're, they've ever been through in their life. And they're sitting under you singing these songs on Sunday. And to me, the, what I see as a worship leader is like, I am setting up the atmosphere for this message to go forth and people's hearts and Mm -hmm. minds to be ready to receive it. Right. And so I'm not just singing a couple songs to get people hyped. Like I am wanting the the glory of God to fall in this room so that these people who need healing can be healed. These people who are broken can be fixed. These, I mean, all these things that people are bringing in your worship, if you're anointed Mm -hmm. and your heart is to see God move, people are going to respond to that. And when they know it's more than you just getting up and sounding pretty, but you are going after the heart of God Mm -hmm. and people will respond to that. And make sure that's your heart. Make sure your heart is not just to be the best singer, the best, whatever. Mm. Do it because God's called you to do it. Do it because Mm -hmm. God's placed this gift in you and lead from that place um, would be my best advice. And you're going to be successful if you're anointed, and you walk in power and you you're after the glory of God, you're going to be successful mm-hmm. in what you do. Yeah. So there you go. We'll end there. Awesome. Wonderful. So good. <laughs> <laughs>